With us today is Dr. Peter Michalos, and it is very hot out. No matter where you are, it is hot. And uh, Dr. Michalos, uh, let me tell you, let me ask you, how do we survive this heat? Well, one of the most important things is people don't realize that there are many deaths uh, around the United States and the world from something called heat stroke. And we're not really designed to live in places like Arizona where it goes to 110 degrees. And without the artificial climate environment, by the great invention of air conditioning, humans wouldn't survive too well in those areas. And heat stroke, what happens is we become dehydrated because our cooling mechanism is that we sweat to evaporate fluid off the surface of our skin to cool our bodies down. But there's a limit to that and also a limit to how much water we have in our body to extract. So we become very dehydrated very quickly and we start getting headaches, cramps. We can become disoriented, eventually pass out. You can actually die and that's why it's so important, especially in the heat, never to leave pets or animals and of course children in cars, even when the windows are open, temperatures inside a car can go up to 120 degrees. So we tell people that they need to drink more fluids. One of the reasons people get more heart attacks and strokes when they're out playing tennis or playing golf or when they're inside these areas that are very hot is that when you become dehydrated, your blood starts thickening up and it becomes like thicker, like half and half and like honey. And that's when you get more heart attacks and strokes because things clog up. And that's why when you drink more fluid, your blood runs front like skim milk, and it actually helps to prevent heart attacks and strokes. Because you can have the best cholesterol level in the world, but if your blood is sludging because it's totally dehydrated, it puts you at higher risk for some of these conditions. So we encourage our uh, people to please hydrate in the summer and uh, try to drink things that have even some electrolytes, like, for example, iced tea is a great summer uh, drink. Uh, on Sweden, of course, is better because we've talked about the ills of uh, of having uh, too much sugar and also, you know, stay out of the sun, wear hats with a brim. And people forget, even little kids, we now know ultraviolet radiation is cumulative over a lifetime. Even on children, start having them in the habit of wearing sunglasses to protect their eyes because that slows down long-term formation of cataracts and other problems. And, of course, put SPF sunscreen on them, preferably those with more natural ingredients, because we now know ultraviolet radiation is cumulative and can result in squamous cells, basal cells, melanomas, which are skin cancers. There are things that we can do, but hydration, stay in the shade for older people, especially those with heart or lung conditions. Try to stay in environments that are uh, much cooler and more comfortable because when people have heat stroke, their temperature goes as high as 103 degrees, and in some emergency rooms, they even have to put them in cooling blankets and ice blankets just to bring their temperature down. You can end up being in the hospital for two days. And after you have heat stroke, it could take sometimes up to two months from your body to recover because the body and the brain do not like to be uh, dehydrated. So please protect yourselves in the summer. Uh, stay cool, stay hydrated, and extreme heat. Doctor, it's uh, when, when it gets that hot out, I guess – Water is the uh, is your best uh, bet. Uh, drink plenty of uh, water and uh, plenty of fluids uh, to to allow you to sweat things out. And um, uh, what's the maximum? Even if you go in the pool and you feel cool, but the sun is beating down on you, what do you think should be the maximum amount of time you should spend outdoors in the sun? 
Well, I would avoid between the peak hours of the sun, between noon and 3 p.m. Um, that's when we have solar maximum, and that is the worst time to be in. And just because you're in the pool and your lower body is the problem is that a lot of our uh, heat is in our brain. Our brain does not like to be heated up. So when the skull and the brain and the head and neck, which are a big portion of our body and very metabolically active, when they heat up, it confuses the body because your lower part might be in the water, but your upper part is being uh, uh, heated up and your brain is basically boiling. And that's what happens when we get heat and confusion. And that's why some people actually get epileptic seizures, like children who have very high fevers. The brain does not like high temperatures. So stay cool. Keep listening to WABC for more health tips on how to stay alive and stay healthy. And uh, we've got to get through this uh, warm season. And if you're out there in the sun and you and you feel like you're starting to get a headache or something, is that uh, from your brain starting to get over uh, over hot? Yeah, absolutely. That's one of the warning signs. When you start getting a little bit confused, you start feeling warm, you start feeling muscle cramps in your legs, and you can even feel nauseous because it affects your stomach. Blood is shifting around, trying to go to your skin and leaving your abdomen and you basically are trying to turn on the radiator and dilate the blood vessels. And the other thing, you have to be very careful in the summer when you're on blood pressure medicine, check your blood pressure, because the high temperatures cause your vessels to dilate and your blood pressure is down. I was recently talking to one of the uh, internists, and we were discussing how in the summer they sometimes reduce the blood pressure medicine of their patients, because when they're living in a hot climate in the summer, sometimes you need less blood pressure medicine than you normally would. Understood. Uh, anything you else want to tell people? I was reading an article the other day uh, where it says uh, uh, papaya is very good for you uh, because it has certain uh, uh, ingredients that uh, reduce your uh, cholesterol. Have you heard that? Yeah, well, there are, but those are some of the smaller studies. What papaya is used mostly for and papaya enzymes is that it's found to be a, a digestion enhancer, and it helps people sometimes with upset stomach, and it's a more natural alternative to things that uh, like acid reducers and other uh, over-the-counter and prescription H2 blockers. Sometimes people start off taking a papaya enzyme to help them with better digestion. But, of course, ask your doctor and consult with them before you try uh, anything. But it is in the literature, and it is being used for digestive issues. But as far as lowering the cholesterol, there aren't any really large studies. You know, some of these studies where they say they just looked at 10 or 20 people and they said they got better. But we like to see trials where at least always ask, and what is the number of people? And a study has to have at least 1,000 people to have any significance that we can actually get some actionable data and turn it into advice that we can give patients. Well, Dr. Peter Michalos, uh, stay cool. Thank you so much for updating uh, all Americans, and we'll catch up with you again real soon. Thank you. Stay cool, stay hydrated, and keep listening to WABC, where we get the truth out every week. Thank you.